0: in his living room it
1: was so oh, cute quarantine life yeah
0: it was the <laughs> cutest thing in the world
1: you're like the next thing i know i'm watching hedgehog porn and here we are oh, i
0: know right <laughs> <laughs> next minute like, i'm a sexual offender against hedgehogs <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you're like how many hedgehogs can one put up their butt <laughs> asking oh for my a friend
0: <laughs> oh my god oh <laughs> uh. Okay, so yeah, let's start now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On that note.
0: On that note.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to your favorite podcast. We are, anyways, How's Your Sex Life? We are your spooky hosts. I'm Channa. um am Corey. Welcome, y'all, to episode 68. So close to the greatest episode of all time. Yes. So close.
0: Almost. Hi everybody. We're almost there. Hi.
1: We're almost there. We're we're edging about right about now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah, we are. We're definitely like t- clothes are being taken off, and like yeah. we've started kissing and making out and stuff. You're, but like you're we're wet, about, yeah. Just one person's been blown at this point, and like the other person's just about to start being blown, and then you know there that like go. first person's just like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna start blowing again because like yeah, you know, I don't so that- not want a penis in my mouth. <laughs>
1: well let's i just have one quick announcement for you guys before we get started listener stories y'all we need some stories give us some fucking stories if you have a true crime story if you have a ghost story if you have a sex story if you have a funny story if you just want to make up a bonkers out story we don't give a shit just send it our way if you think it's something we would talk about we'd laugh about or cry about Send it to us. You can send it to our email, which is ahyslpodcast at gmail.com. You could slide into our DMs through Facebook or Instagram. Um, Just type in ahyslpodcast. Just make sure you write in all caps, this is for the listener's episode. Otherwise, I will lose it. Um, That's why I definitely prefer you guys sending to our email. It just helps me out. But if you really can't, that's fine. Social media works. Send us some stories, y'all. We are looking for 13 stories, so please send it to us. And uh, that's it. We love you. Thank you.
0: Fuck down. Um. And last thing for movie Mondays or movie Wednesdays.
1: What movie?
0: <laughs> <we'll> be... <laughs> I think As we should call it
1: on Mondays. What movie? What Mondays? What Mondays? <laughs> just to really confuse everybody. <laughs> um. So yeah.
0: So basically, just like we're keeping up with movie Mondays, it's a little hard because I forget that it's Monday until. You know, like I'll remember at the middle of the day when I'm like at work or at the gym and then I'll totally forget and not do it. So yeah. we're just basically we're, we're still keeping on keeping on with the movies tonight. We're going to talk about the endless. Of course, we'll talk about that later on in, in, in the end part of our show. And then um, we're going to announce the winner of this next week's show at the end as well. Um, so sorry if it, we didn't do it on Monday, but I'll try to be more on top of that. But it's just sort of hard uh, with quarantine and just going to the same two places in my entire day.
1: <laughs> so happy one movie one Wednesday, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let's just go into my fact effect.
1: Affogato fact. My yes. Affogato
0: fact. Yeah. So this one I am talking about the herstory of RuPaul's Drag Race, because if y'all don't know, season 12, um, season 12's finale is not this friday this friday is the reunion show that's airing and the next friday will be the will be the finale um so this is just to give some people an idea of what rupaul's drag race is i'm sure you've maybe heard of it if you um are not like in lgbtq circles i'm sure most of the people that listen to this podcast are but at the same time yeah i'm sure a good amount aren't um you do you boo yeah so gonna tell you what rupaul's drag race is i actually didn't really care for rupaul's drag race until about a year and a half ago i finally watched uh, a couple seasons that i'll talk about at the end and then this and then so i've only seen about four seasons of rupaul's drag race and then i've been watching this new one as it comes out every week um and it's just really good okay so we're just gonna do it, it what is rupaul's drag race well rupaul's drag race is a competitive reality tv show where 12 drag queens, I think it's like 12 or 13 or something like that, compete in a series of challenges every week to become, quote, America's next drag superstar, end quote. And that's from RuPaul. Um, RuPaul plays the role of host, mentor, and head judge for the series, along with a selected panel of judges that he chooses himself. Just basic bitch competitive uh, reality TV show stuff, okay? Um, The judges critique the contestants' progress throughout the competition as they are faced with different challenges every week. Um, the template for each show basically goes they have a mini challenge and then whoever wins that has a little bit of a bonus before they go into the main challenge which that we titled the maxi challenge and i think that's a play off of maxi pads
1: probably yeah it
0: probably is okay Um, i don't watch
1: rupaul's drag Race, so
0: (laughs) (laughs) someone's like yes you stupid bitches
1: I watch like every other form of reality TV exce- that's possibly exce- available to me. Except for like competitive <laughs> Except ones. Except for RuPaul's. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I really, cause I I used to watch like Project Runway. American yeah, I Stone love Road. Project Runway. Like, I used Runway. to be yeah. all about that shit. But then I just went to straight reality TV like Vanderpump oh, Rules, yeah. Real Housewives, just the like Lindsay total Lohan shit. one just for like once. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like my fucking. Except kick. for that boat one.
0: I liked that boat one, but that's mostly like, yeah, because above- half the time the guys are like shirtless
1: yeah and the uh, bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise F- obviously Not love is blind too hot to handle mm, <laughs> oh my <yeah>. god <laughs> i love trash <laughs> um
0: also what uh, that Lindsay lohan thing i need to watch the, the Lindsay Lindsay lohan lohan one. One. i need that to one watch so lohan. fun <laughs> um, good times so the so after they do the mini challenge and then the maxi challenge they have a runway where they always have a sort of theme to it that they're that the contestants are actually don't really know what the theme is gonna be until they're told um, when you see it on air, um, and then after that they have they go through judging, and then there's an elimination. um Before their elimination, there's a key thing to RuPaul is where they do uh, a lip sync for your life. Where if you're not familiar with drag queens and drag performances, drag is about I've been over drag before. And um, drag, yeah. um, like a, the, a drag queen is about a male dressing, or mostly a male person who identifies as a male dressing up in feminine or dressing up as a woman or like the gender normed version of, of a woman of what like society gender norms a woman to be. What they usually do is they'll dress up in this fashion and then they will lip sync to like pop diva songs. So like just to be like super super general about it. So Britney Spears, Whitney Houston, Beyonce, stuff like that. They'll like, you know, Beyonce. dance and lip sync to those like famous songs while they're doing like awesome moves and just being, you know, badass bitches. The show first aired on Logo TV and then Wow Presents Plus, And then since the ninth season, it has aired on VH1 and has won 13 Emmys. Woo.
1: Which is a lot.
0: <laughs> so how did uh, Drag Race start? So let me give you like some sort of backstory of just how this whole thing came into fruition. Um, The road to drag race was paved 32 years ago uh, at the music seminar in Manhattan when 24-year-old RuPaul met Randy Barbato and Fenton Bailey, the founders of World World of Wonder Productions, that's who produces the show, um, who would become his managers and his best friends. At the time, uh, Barbato Barbato, and Bailey were in a band called the Fabulous Pop-Tarts and primarily managed music. this is from RuPaul. He says, we came from the same background. We were all devotees of the church of Warhol. I had grown up in reading. I had grown up reading interview magazines and thinking my path was to move to New York, become a Warhol superstar, create a persona, and then move to Hollywood. Um, world of wonder took on RuPaul. So the production world of company, world of wonder took on RuPaul as a client and hired him for Manhattan cable, um, which was a TV magazine show. And then he also did UK shows for them. Our Barbados, uh, uh, a few years later, started a conversation with RuPaul about doing a reality TV show. Be like, hey, RuPaul, we've seen Fine. your stardom since we became your friend when you were 24 years old. There was actually a quote from the article of Vulture that I was looking at that I didn't put in here. Um, and um, where they were like, hey, the, the two guys I'm talking about other than RuPaul... Where they were like, hey, we've seen like stardom in him since we knew him. We knew like he could do drag and he could do it well. But then other than that, he had a persona and a presence on stage and stuff like that. So in 2004, he came and was like, hey, do a reality TV show with me. RuPaul also knew at the time that his frequent collaborator, Michelle Visage, who is, a freak, who is also always, almost always been a judge on the show, except for I think the first two seasons, she began co-hosting a morning radio show for New York. Um, So Rue didn't really want to do the reality show at that time because he most reality shows sort of have a negative side to them, a negative spin on the subject that they're focusing on. As we've we've just been saying trash, trash, trash. (laughs) So RuPaul didn't want to sort of present drag to people with the reality show like spin to it. Um, however, okay. two years two years later, he was asked again by a different producer who became or like, you know, who became like a head of or I don't know. I did not like I don't know the technical term for that. A, a new a head of the production company came to him two years later and was like, hey, uh, do you want to do this again? Because I think you'd be really good at it. And so this is his repulse quote. He says, I wasn't interested in doing anything that was going to cast Dragon in a negative light or ridicule it. But the winds of change changed my mind. RuPaul said the Obama movement was happening and I could feel it in my bones that it was time.
1: Ooh, so, cool.
0: um, so this, a new producer dude, his, his last name's Campbell. He was the, he, Oh, sorry. He's the chief creative officer. Um, he came up with the show's format and his titular pun, which is drag, drag race, RuPaul's drag race. So that's like a drag race with cars. And then also yeah. like you're a drag queen, um, dressing yeah. up in drag is dressing up as a different gender. Um, if you didn't catch the pun, I'm sure most of y'all did. <laughs> yes. And, I'm sure, and I know Channa did. <laughs> um, so while Campbell came up with the um, format, other producers, Andrew Paul, specifically came up with the challenges. And these challenges were based on obstacles that the drag star faced early on in his career. Um, the first season was shot while President George uh, W. Bush was in office, but literally aired like weeks after Obama's inauguration. Which oh, gave fun. Drag Race its ver- first viral, its first like viral image hit. So, um, it's called the Ru Bama promo, and it fe- it's a picture. You can look this up. and It's a, f- a picture featuring him as both President Obama and Lady Michelle Obama.
1: Oh, fun!
0: <laughs> it's really funny. So, I'm gonna end with that little segment. Um, I'm gonna talk about some fun facts of the show for people who already know this, Some of the information that I'm giving just to give them some interest in this. Um, but this is a, a quote about that whole RuBama promo. We enjoyed and paralleled the Obama years and the opening up of our nation and of our government and inclusiveness and drag hand in hand. No coincidence. And we shot this last season, season nine, when Obama was in office. We were hoping Hillary would be next, but then we realized it was going to be Trump. And a rallying cry was, RuPaul's Drag Race, now more than ever. People were hungry for it because the reality show in Washington is so upsetting. That's pretty good. That's that's, that's like yeah. it's pretty smart um, to say that. Um, so yeah, that's just closing of like how RuPaul got off and, and st- got started on Logo TV. And then eventually in season nine, it goes to VH1, where it is, it is now. And actually most of the spinoff shows are now as well. So let's get to some quick fun facts. So ever since season four, multiple endings of the finale finale episode have been aired, have been filmed, where each queen will take will walk as the winner to make sure that spoilers from the audience don't leak. This change was ah. made after season three uh, because the season three winner leaked uh, just a week before it aired. Rue said that he woke up a couple days after this happened, like completely devastated because he felt like season three is really where the show like kicked into its You know, uh, what's the idiom? Uh, like, you know, um, was, like, you know, gotten into its stride. There we go. Like kicked into okay. its stride. Um, Rue uh, said that, uh, or so when he woke up, he got this idea of saying, hey, let's film all three and nobody really knows what happens or, and who was the real winner until the end. So this truly means that the Queens, the the final four, um, or the final three at the time, don't they filmed like they win because the live, like you see the last two episodes are in front of a live audience, one being the um, reunion show and one being the finale. Um, and it's in front of a live audience, but it's not live. It's filmed like a month or two before. Whereas the show is usually filmed the year before the Queens figure out the exact same time that we do when it airs. Oh, like that's, day one.
1: that's fun.
0: Yeah. It's super fun.
1: Also heartbreaking. If yeah. you like filmed uh-huh. like I won,
0: you're like sitting there also, with all your goddamn family and friends and you don't win. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're like awkward.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the final three or four are like called up specifically and like, Hey, just so you know, like you didn't win, but you need. So like, if you, if you want to like have a party and have friends over, like you can make it a, a deal, but not like a crazy big deal. You know, I doubt it. It's reality
1: TV. They don't, <laughs> it's ruthless. Oh, I know. Corey. They're like, there's
0: fucking money behind this. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's fucking reality TV. Reality TV is ruthless. That's garbage. True. And That's I true. love it. <laughs>
0: um the queens walk the runway twice um once with the music and then once with judge's commentary so that's it, like for people who haven't seen the show as they walk out every week to the theme that they're given to show off their awesome like fucking gowns that they're wearing um and or just get that they're wearing they walk twice um when it comes to the limp seek sync battle each queen is handed an ipod at the start of the season with a list of every song that will feature that they were featured in the lip sync so they have the entire season to like listen to these that's important because these queens are basically locked they they literally go to the show they go to the work room they go on the show every week but then throughout the week they're just sitting in their hotel room and doing stuff but they're pretty isolated they don't have phones they can't have phones the entire time they're doing the show and stuff like that um the show is very
1: similar to like Project Runway and America's Next Top Model had a baby and was drag queens. Yeah. So it's, it's it's like all of those elements of all those shows. So I dig it.
0: Do do do. Uh, the show is filmed for around 11 and 12 hours each day. The and the queens are uh basically put on the stage in the main stage in their heels and they're also tucked, which means like their their dick and balls are tucked underneath, underneath in their taint. It's taint stick. Yikes. Hashtag taint stick. <laughs>
1: Hashtag buy it, buy it, wear um, it. Love so it. they're
0: tucked in in heels for about like the majority of 11 to 12 hours each day when they're filming. Oh, yeah. Um, before they are, sorry, drinks are provided in the untucked backstage room where they're waiting when the judges deliberate about who's like going home or not. Um, the drinks are actually now watered down ever since uh, season two when one of the queens, Jujubee performed a lip sync drunk as fuck, and you can tell. Huh.
1: <laughs> Whoa, that's so <laughs> she fun. wins. She
0: wins the fucking lip sync battle, but you can tell she's like fucking into it as hell. It's it's pretty fun. Yes. Also. Um. And then last little uh, fun fact is RuPaul's makeup takes about six hours to do each episode. So she like wow. comes in and does you know six hours of makeup. Okay. So really quick, um, I'm gonna go over the best seasons, and these is like a more aggregated more than my personal opinion, but this actually pretty much goes with my personal opinion. Um. The first, the best two seasons to watch are season five and six. Those are like the first, those are the two seasons that you should just watch if you want to get interested in this show and be like, okay, I've heard what this is and I want to see if I like it. I would watch season five and then watch season six. Um, season six is probably a little bit better than five, but in the finale, the previous winner, Queen, shows up to, you know, pass on the crown. So to avoid spoilers of season five, I would watch season five and then watch season six. um after this all-stars season two is probably the third season or third season you should watch that's where they bring in it's an all-stars you know that format they bring back past you know queens from other episodes or past people from other episodes um so i'd watch season five season six then all-stars season two and then i'd watch season four and three and then i would figure that out from after that
1: how many seasons are there
0: um there this is the 12th main season and then there are five All-Star seasons. The fifth All-Star season is actually showing a week after. So in two weeks, it's starting. Um, and then there's like a couple other spinoffs that they have done, but not mother, much other spinoffs. But there's 12 seasons in all of the main Damn. show. And then there's five seasons or four seasons about to be five of the All-Stars.
1: How many episodes in each season and how long is an episode?
0: Uh, an episode will uh, will be about 45 minutes um nice. 42 45 minutes and then there. i don't know there's like 12 episodes something oh, that's, like that
1: so it's, it's fast watches then it's a yeah very fast... uh-huh.
0: yeah you can easily get the episodes i would recommend like i mean binging them works and it's fine but i have found that watching watching them one live but then i guess also because of corona i only watched the first two episodes with other people um watching them week by week or at least spacing out the episodes makes it a lot better. I don't know. I sort of got felt a little overwhelmed watching the se- binge watching the seasons as in like watching 3 episodes every time I sat down. Mm. I don't know. It, it, like it, you know, it's it's a positive and negative to each
1: I don't yeah. know. I could I could literally sit down and watch reality TV for a good Forever. 12 to 15 hours. Well, and hours that's me. <laughs> I don't
0: really like, I, I sort of hate reality TV. So this and is I like the only reality TV it. I watch other than like Halloween episodes of like baking shows. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's the Corey only thing I do. <laughs> so RuPaul's Drag Race and Halloween specials of baking shows.
1: <laughs> Corey, Corey Martin, everybody. <laughs> So where can people watch RuPaul's? Like is it on mm. Hulu, Netflix? Good,
0: good question, Tim Okay. Thank um, you. If Corey. you have Amazon Prime, you can nice, watch... Nice,
1: which we all probably do. Yeah.
0: You can watch <laughs> season one through six for free. And that's perfect because if you want to try this and you already own Amazon for free, I would watch season five and then watch season six. Or just watch season five. And if you don't like it, then you really aren't going to care. Yeah. Um. So I would start there. And then from that um you can buy every season on amazon after that as well
1: oh, man. but it's like that's 25 dollars
0: to buy the entire season that's which i did worst. for season i did that for season 12 <laughs> <laughs> it's fine it's supporting like a queer thing so i'm fine with it uh, yeah so yeah. that's rupaul's drag race history.
1: yes i love it take yes. a drink
0: yes drink 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 drink
1: so let's talk about my spooky scoop Corey, do you want like a snack or anything? Yes. <laughs> okay. Shut well that, up.
0: That's, that's <laughs>
1: good you want a snack because m- my topic today is on a serial killer who ate his victims. Oh my God. His favorite snack was human, was man flesh. So Man, man flesh.
0: <laughs> man flesh. So today,
1: my spooky scoop, I thought it would be, you know, the obvious choice to, to discuss what man flesh tastes like. So I hope you're hungry, listeners, because my Spooky Scoop in segment will make you puke. Yes. cute he- oh I'm going to drink to get through this. Yeah,
0: I'm drinking.
1: Oh, everyone. Corey and I are drinking the same exact champagne today. We bought it together.
0: Yeah, out of bottles.
1: Barefoot Bubbly Pinot Grigio Champagne. Sparkling champagne. It says champagne on it.
0: It does, yeah. Yeah, this is the first bottle that we drink that has champagne on it. All wow. the barefoot ones do.
1: We bougie. We oh. bougie
0: now. Y'all, we are we have we have upgraded from Cook's, which was eight dollars a bottle, to fourteen dollars a bottle. So oh fucking, wow. So better watch we're, out, world. We're we're rolling. <laughs> it just means we drink a little bit less. <laughs> so we don't mind buying more expensive stuff.
1: Okay. Human flesh this is gonna be really fun spooky scooping segment for me to get through today yeah go go vegan but don't eat people human flesh looks like beef but it tastes more similar to veal or pork i always assumed that that man flesh would taste like chicken because everyone always says like oh it tastes like chicken whenever they like can't pinpoint what something tastes like uh-huh. but apparently it really does it taste like, like veal something. it really does taste like veal or pork
0: never had veal. so not
1: so now I'm going to go through – that's good. You shouldn't have you. That's always
0: made me a little sad, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a terrible, terrible meat to eat. Go vegan. Okay, here are some quotes from cannibals that are going to make you fucking puke. Y'all ready? Yes. William Seabrook, he is an author and a journalist. He traveled to West Africa in the 1920s where he documented in like excruciating detail his experience with the cannibalistic tribe. Now, upon returning to Paris after his journey, Seabrook visited a local hospital for human meat, and then he cooked it for himself. because What? Because he, he had the taste for man flesh since he, you know, kicked it with the cannibal tribe. So this is how he describes it. What the fuck? It was like good... When did this happen? Fo- what decade? The, this is the 1920s.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Okay, he says... It was like a good, fully developed veal, not young, but not yet beef. It was very definitely like that, and it was not like any other meat I had ever tasted. It was so nearly like good, fully developed veal that I think no person with a palate of ordinary, normal sensitivities could distinguish it from veal. It was mild, good meat with no sharply defined or highly characteristic taste, um, such as, for instance, goat or high game and pork may have. Um, the steak was slightly tougher than prime veal, a little stringy ugh, but n- but not too tough or stringy to be agree to be agreeably edible. The roast from which I cut and ate a central slice was tender and in the color texture and smell as well as taste strengthened my cer- my certainty that all of the meats were habitually sorry that all the meats we habitually know, veal is the one meat to which this meat at- is accurately comparable. Whoa. Next is this this dude. His name's Armin Miwees or something.
0: Mee-weez, We're gonna actually lol. talk
1: about him in a few episodes, um, but just to, like quickly summarize him. He ate around forty pounds of human meat, Jesus. and he says that it tastes like pork but a lot tougher. And then we have um, Isay or Isaya. Sagawa, who is currently, current mood, roaming Tokyo as a free man, current mood, kicking it in Tokyo.
0: Jesus. Um, he,
1: he spent two days eating a 25-year-old woman that he had killed when, while they were both students in Paris. Um, he's gone on record to note that her butt melted on his tongue like raw tuna, <gasps> and that his favorite meat was the thighs, which he described as wonderful. But he did say that her breasts... Um, were a little greasy. So he didn't like eating that meat because it tasted oily. Because okay. c- breast is really, like boobs are just like fat pockets Boops. essentially. So it's very fatty. So I don't know.
0: Mm.
1: Next person is Alfred Packer. He killed five members of his Rocky Mountain expeditions. Sorry, I'm going to re-say that. Next person is Alfred Packer. Um, he killed five members of his Rocky Mountains like, expeditions. Whether he killed them or they died is kind of unknown, but people believe that he did kill them. He actually ended up serving jail for like multiple decades for murdering them. Anyways, this is in the late 1800s. He said that the breast muscle was the sweetest meat he ever tasted, almost like candy. (laughs) And the last person I'm gonna talk about is Omaima Nelson, who killed and ate her super abusive husband in 1991. She said his ribs were very sweet. However, that could be because of the barbecue sauce she was dipping his ribs in.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that is what man flesh tastes like. Some say veal. Some say pork. Some say the boobs are greasy. Some say it's sweet. But regardless, people say it's yummy. So if you're ever hungry, just, you know, eat eat a person.
0: Or don't. Don't do it. We do not condone that.
1: We don't. Go eat a vegetable, goddammit. Go eat damn a it. goddamn vegetable. Go eat some motherfucking vegetables, everybody. Yes. And that is my spooky scoop.
0: Yay. Um, okay. My Supernatural segment today is actually based off of two different folk legends. Um. These are two that I've always, like, over the year of doing this podcast or whatever and looking at folklore, I have wanted to do them and I will sort of forget. And then I'll try and look at them and they weren't long enough. So I had to smash them into two. So you get two sort of little stories today. Um, Which is, fun. yeah, they just aren't necessarily long enough to be a full um, segment so you get two. So the first one is uh, Mercy Brown. So by the end of the 19th century, the infectious disease we know today as tuberculosis or TB was still only known as consumption um, at this time at the end of the 19th century and had no cure. So this is straight from Wikipedia. This little next part says tuberculosis generally affects the lungs, but can also affect other parts of the body. Most infections show no symptoms, in which case it is known as a latent as latent tuberculosis. About 10% of latent infections progress to active disease, which if left untreated kills about half of these of those affected. The classic symptoms of active TB are a chronic cough with blood containing mucus, fever, night sweats and weight loss. So, um, uh. it is actually about in 2018, it is assumed that about a fourth of the population of the world um, has TB. Um, but the fact, the thing is, is that most of it is latent tuberculosis where people don't, are asymptomatic, where you don't show symptoms. Um, if you, just to give you some like more connection to knowing what TB is, when you see a lot of people in any period piece movie, Um, From the 1920s and down when they're coughing a lot and they start coughing blood into a red napkin and everyone's like, you know, that's means they have tuberculosis or consumption. Um, So that's basically TB. Um, uh, The last symptom, which is weight loss, uh, people go through drastic means of weight loss, (laughs) which is um, (laughs) which is why people called it consumption is because they would just say like uh, like that was just their only the only biggest tell. Um, along with probably coughing up blood. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? It was the fucking 19th century. People coughed up blood all the time. Who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah.
1: They did, like, cocaine regularly yeah. for, like, ghosts in their blood. Like, they're fine. Oh,
0: what a fucking time.
1: <laughs> what a goddamn time to be alive. You're just, like, high as fuck off a of coke every day because it's medicine.
0: <laughs> um. So, in the last two decades of this century, of the 19th century, the Brown family would succumb to TB. In 1882, the mother, Mary Brown, died, followed by their daughter, who Bye. was also named Married, who died in 1886, just four years later. Bye. Then, in January of 1892, Mercy Brown died, leaving George Brown... George Brown is the father. His name is George.
1: Um, oh, my God. It's Cory, everybody. It's Corey's past self. <laughs>
0: leaving George Brown and his only surviving son, Edwin, um, alive who had also contracted the disease. So basically to me, they make that a little bit, say that a little more like clear, clarify things is mercy Brown and Edwin contracted TB around the same time or consumption just to like go with the times. And, but mercy Brown died in 1892 and Edwin was still alive, but you know, you know, he, people were like, he about to die. <laughs> Um and he then the father, fail. George Brown, was actually unaffected by any of this, or from wow. at least accounts that we get.
1: Classic straight Corey, yeah. just like not being affected <laughs> by anything. Just not being anything. affected by
0: anything. <laughs> <laughs> um so many people from the town were talking that the family must have been stalked by the undead or a vampire of sorts. Um, it is Whoa. important to note that the contemporary that contemporary folk, folklore of the time made people believe that when multiple people of a family died. Um, that it likely meant that they were being stalked by the undead or some sort of undead folklore version, uh, you know, like a specific kind of undead um, that was usually a deceased family member. It is also important to know that even consum- consumption wasn't most wasn't understood and most of the time it wasn't even identified as such. So it is mostly believed that these people didn't... This is all real that I'm talking about so far most of these people probably didn't even think that it was even consumption and were just like holy shit!" in the space of 16 years all these family members have died one of them is about another one is about to die and it's just the dad that's left so i'm sure there's some supernatural shit going on so uh with these notes that i just said a few other villagers started to get sick and show a few of the same symptoms of consumption and this uh sort of concerned a lot of the people of the town So a group of concerned townspeople, a local priest, and a reporter got together to convince George Brown to exhume the bodies of his deceased family to see if they were in fact undead or vampires, you could say. But I don't think at that time a good number of the accounts said that they wouldn't know what vampires were because it's the 1890s and Bram Stoker's Dracula hasn't even come out. Ooh, Um, so it's
1: really undead to them. Yeah, so it's just,
0: like, undead relations. And if you've ever played The Witcher or, like, read about, like, Scandinavian folklore or just, you know, folklore from Europe and stuff like that, and then I'm sure other places as well, there's a lot of stuff that ties to, like, that ends up, you know, there's a lot of undead that tie to, that when they tie to families, it just, like, usually means, like, there was an illegitimate child that died and wasn't buried correctly, or there's, like, abuse and stuff or incest and stuff like that going on. Um. There's usually always like you know scapegoats for that and stuff. On March 17th, when the ground was still frozen, this posse or like you know group of townspeople proceeded to exhume the bodies of the two Marys. So that's Mary the mother and then Mary you know Mary Junior the daughter. They found yeah. that both bodies had been decomposing at the exact the expected rate, so they like you know just covered them up and they're like cool they're not fucking vampires or undead or whatever. So the they're last like, to sorry. suspect they're like whoops, whoopsies. Oh. <laughs> so the last to suspect was Mercy. Again, this is March seventeenth. Um, after digging for um, and then again Mercy died in January. Um, after digging for hours, the group finally came to the coffin of Mercy Lena Brown. They ripped out out the nails of the coffin flew up on the top of it to reveal an unnaturally per, 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 perverted preserved <laughs> she's, she's like oh yeah the daddy hedgehogs.
1: <laughs> the hedgehogs in her hand <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh fuck God. me <laughs> i fuck me <laughs> really really um, jay christ is compelling me
0: <laughs> yeah right. um So there were reports that her fingernails and hair had grown as well as fresh blood that was found in her chest cavity and heart. This was a clear sign that she was a vampire. Um, Again, it (laughs) was important to note. It's important to note that your fingernails and hair actually scientifically do grow after death. Um, So like when you die, if you die tonight or if you die tomorrow, your fingernails (sighs) and hair will grow after your death. Um, Researchers also suspect that due to her being buried in January, the intense cold is what preserved her body and that the blood inside and then also preserved the blood inside of her. Um, and so because she was basically stored in a freezer underground, um, nevertheless, superstition dictated that mercy's heart and liver were to be removed and then burned the ashes as part of this ritual, um, were then poured into porridge for Edwin to consume. So as to complete the ritual and break the spell of the undead on the family and save Edwin. Um, So that's sort of your tie-in. Hold on, one second. Oh yeah. Hold
1: up. (laughs) You had bitches being burned at the stake for like no one math, yet this fucker is eating porridge made out of the ashes of his family members, Uh and like they're not saying that. You gotta, you gotta beat fire
0: with fire, (laughs) Channa.
1: This is like so fucking wild. What they, what like back then they thought was. Oh yeah. Okay, versus like, oh my God, did that girl just have a pet that was a black cat? She's a witch. Chana, Chana, versus- we're saving
0: a little male boy, and like, it's a male boy, Chana.
1: That's true. I'm sorry, everybody. You're right. I'm sorry, George. I'm yeah, very yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: You're talking about just like burning some some girls. Like, who cares? Who cares about yeah. some women? Yeah. She was
1: probably a witch, anyways.
0: Who cares about intelligent women? They're just gonna like shake up the status quo, you know?
1: Yeah, we can't have that. No sir.
0: No sir. Um. So sadly, um, Edwin died uh, three to two months later, depending on the article you that you read. What was left of Mercy Brown was then buried in Chestnut Hill Baptist Church's graveyard. Uh, the Chestnut Hill Baptist Church Church's graveyard is actually titled the Cemetery of the Hill, you know, a cemetery or labeled as a cemetery, but fuck that, it is technically a graveyard because it is attached to a church.
1: We know that everybody. <laughs> so they're We're fucking. Smart. So the
0: Baptists are wrong.
1: So fuck you Baptist. Jesus shit. We know graveyards, bitch.
0: Bitch. <laughs> you know Christ, we know graveyards. Yeah.
1: You may know Jesus Christ, but we know the difference between a graveyard and a cemetery. In cemetery.
0: You you ignorant cunt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hasadiga <laughs> Ebawoy. Um,
0: so Mercy's exhumation and the subsequent burning of her heart made national headlines at the time. And vampire enthusiasts over the years have often stopped by Mercy's grave to visit. Many claim that Mercy's unsettled spirit is present. And here's a list of what happens. So people who are standing at the gravestone report being pushed very hard away from the spot. Some say that they've heard strange noises around the gravesite. And that there are also reports of orbs and other strange lights in the area. Religious visitors often stop by to bless Mercy and say a prayer at her gravestone. Um, how
1: annoying
0: i know right (laughs) um however i guess she likes it you know that's her kink she likes getting prayed on um and uh people will often smell an overwhelmingly strong uh odor of roses after their prayers are done um interesting yeah that's that's a cool one that's actually like very specific i haven't heard something like that
1: yeah you pray you smell roses that's super interesting yeah
0: um, some people in the countryside around the cemetery even claim to have seen the Ghosts of Mercy walking or or like gliding around at night. Um, the story also, so this is a fun little tie-in that was actually was really cool to me. Um, I actually sort of knew this a bit because I believe um, there's a really famous podcast called Lore uh, who Aaron Mankey does it and it's really cool. He has a really interesting voice and the cadence of his voice is really interesting and different. Um, they actually there's an Amazon series based off of his podcast. And this is I think the first episode covers this story. I just I haven't seen it for years. Uh, he I think he goes over this. Um, so I'll, also, if you want to, if you like our podcast, go listen to the lore podcast. And then you can also uh, it's free on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon original series. It's called lore lore um the the show's a little weird but i would just listen to the podcast
1: <laughs> or you can continue listening to our or podcast. you
0: can well i mean continue listening to our podcast <laughs> but like you know it's always fun i mean if you listen to one podcast you don't just listen to one podcast that's right? true you
1: listen to multiple yeah you okay. listen to
0: multiple ones and
1: i have a list of podcasts you should listen to if you like our podcast but i'll talk about that later yeah bitch. bit we have a lot we have a lot of podcast homies whom i love i oh, love yeah. our podcast homies
0: So this story also made Rhode Island the the vampire capital of America. Literally, it's the vampire capital of America. Um, Then the last little tidbit is that when Bram Stoker died. Bye. He's the guy, you know, like he wrote Dracula in 1897, five years after this really happened. Everything I've said is real. None of this is made up. Uh, When he died, newspaper accounts of Mercy Brown being a vampire or an undead thing or entity were found in his files whoa yeah so this is this is that's cool mainly this is mainly um claimed to be a story that helped inspire bram stoker's dracula
1: that's fucking rad yeah isn't that fucking cool cool. cool. yeah
0: does not that make that story like so much fucking cooler
1: that's so like nerdy (laughs) cool i love it
0: like when we die and like you know you know mormons are right and jesus is alive i want to be like fuck (laughs) you jesus where's mercy brown like i want to talk to mercy brown and be like what the fuck
1: I just, I just, she's an inspiration because I hope my death and like post, like, right? I just hope I am an inspiration of a like future novel or like a like, future, or like a future, like
0: like a future, Something. like horror, queer horror, like movement.
1: Right. Yeah. I right? want to be, I, I want my death to, to help a movement get started. But-
0: right. Like if Mercy Brown isn't queer, that is the greatest tragedy of the entirety of humanity.
1: <laughs> yeah. Come on, Mercy Brown. She's like all those crazy Mercy Brown, I hope now. you're queer.
0: Just be queer in any way. <laughs>
1: she's like, okay, she puts Just... on rollerblades. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> uh, she's like, okay. She starts listening to Lady Gaga, but she hates it.
1: <laughs> right. La- Lana, Lady Gaga, while while like putting on rollerblades, eating avocado toast. She's like, what's happening? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so. Um, so that would be done But I think that's a little bit short So I'm going to start with our second one The second one's Ooh. a little shorter It's called The Candy Lady
1: Ooh yes. Hi Candy Lady
0: So Clara Kane was born in 1871 Okay Ooh. again Everything like I said cane? is real What?
1: Like like Candy Kane? Uh, Clara Kane.
0: Clara Crane
1: Oh Crane Damn yeah, it Yeah sorry I Yeah
0: not Kane cane like Clara candy Crane cane. Yeah Well so, fuck me Again everything I said about Mercy Brown is fact Like it, it, it's you know it's literally fact because I presented the fact of her being a vampire as part of the folklore. Um, again, most of the stuff of candy lady that I'm going to say is going to be fact, but I'll tell you when it sort of turns into legend. Um, so Clara Kane was born in 1871 and grew up to marry an older name, an older man. Yes, bitch name. Le- Leonard or leonard sorry <laughs> leonard i was gonna say Leonardo, though but then i read leonard and so i mixed the two together
1: <laughs> leonard
0: i actually just love i love the spanish pronunciation of Leonardo, though i just love it um so leonard <laughs> which is a horrible name <laughs> oh my god oh my god Get, listen, to this, ugly listen to this name? Yeah, no it gets worse leonard gilbert <laughs> crane <laughs>
1: That's like the fakest name. Like, if I was a cop and someone's like, my name's Leonard Gilbert Crane, I'd be like, you're okay, uh, okay. You're under arrest. I'd be like, you're under
0: George. arrest for being the fucking murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the culprit. You're
1: guilty of something, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Gilbert.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God.
1: Man, we are just roasting this guy. Yeah, poor, poor
0: dude. Poor Leonard dude. Leonard
1: Gilbert Crane's ghost is like sitting next to me right now being oh, like Oh, well,
0: no, fuck Leonard. We'll get to it, okay? Okay. So,
1: then then fuck Leonard Gilbert Crane. So,
0: Cleric Crane, um marries an older man named Leonard Gilbert Crane, and they soon have a daughter named Marcella. So, in 1893, Marcella was killed at the age of 5 in a farming accident while Leonard was supposed to be watching her. It was later officially noted that Leonard was drunk at the time, but wasn't charged for anything. But officially it was noted he was drunk as Channa tops or finishes her bottle. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, some people say that Clara blamed her husband for her daughter's death, which is probably valid True. Yeah. Um, and would never forgive him. Two years later, Clara poisoned her husband with a caramel. She was Ooh. convicted of it. So I can say that it's not allegedly. So she was convicted of doing this and, And then sent to the North Texas Lunatic Asylum. And I'm saying that because that was the official um, name of the asylum. The North Texas Lunatic Asylum. It is now known as the Terrell State Hospital, which is way more PC. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Jesus.
0: Three years later, in 1896, the staff noticed that Clara had made a doll out of bed sheets. And that the other inmates claimed that she would uh, sing and talk to the doll, calling it Marcy. Um, that is like you oh. know her 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 daughter's name was Marcella and Marcy's an obvious like you know carinito yeah. version of that. I can't think of an English way to say a that. A
1: nickname,
0: <laughs> or just not not necessarily a nickname, but like a sweet nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 1899, she was rele- uh, released due to overcrowding at a hospital. She was charming and soft-spoken, so uh, they and and so even though she had committed murder and was convicted of it, she was still let go. And considered a good candidate to be released. So, whatever. It's 1899.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you know by any chance what poison she used to kill her husband?
0: No, I, I looked and nobody would say it.
1: Damn it. Because yeah. I just talked about all the poisons.
0: <clears> I know, yeah. That's YouTube, why I was like, oh, YouTube. fuck, I want to know. And I couldn't figure out what she did. But and wouldn't yeah, it just it was, be arsenic? You it would know? probably
1: be arsenic, yeah. yeah it, I was would that, just... it was that time period and arsenic was, like,
0: Yeah, go-to. yeah. So, yeah. So let's just say oh. it's arsenic. I really did. I actually literally looked. I opened up like an additional five articles to look at it and was like, ooh, I want to figure out for Chana because of your past uh spooky scoop. But I could not find it. Sorry. Bummer. Um. So Sorry. this is a, uh, when she got heard of that, when she, when she got word that she was going to be released, this is her last letter that she wrote to her sister saying that she's getting released. She said, this is the beginning of it. She says, dearest Aggie, I am elated. I have been informed by Dr. Matthews. And, are that Marcy and I will be returning home in less than a week. Marcy referring to the Aww, doll she made. The doll. As you can imagine, oh. Marcy can barely contain her excitement. Every night she asks, is tomorrow the day we go home, mother? Very soon oh. I will be able to tell her yes. Yes, that's sad. And it sounds like she's off her rocker. What makes it even more sad is that the letter continues on for like four times of what I just wrote, what I just said to you. And it's completely sane which just attests to you how ingrained oh. the fact that the doll Marcy is alive and real just because mm-hmm. she goes on just like talking very, very, very level headed of like, yeah. Hey, I was mad that I was sent here. um, But at first, but I'm glad that the doctors have shown me that I did w- what was wrong and blah, blah, blah. You know, she's like very level headed yeah. about it, but she's still like this fact that this doll is real just obviously shows that she's just very gone in that sense. Yeah. yeah. And she's very just distraught over losing her child,
1: and she's like coping in a way, and like using that doll as a way to help her yeah. cope through the trauma that she experienced of losing her daughter.
0: Yeah, that's like the way that she can cope with it. Um, so there uh there is no uh after case in those days, so no one really knows where she ended up, but is believed that she did return to her sister because that that um letter talks about going home and returning to her her hometown where she grew up instead of where she lived with um leonard gilbert <laughs> um, <laughs> so um so she was released in 1899 um and then not much else is known um about what happens to the actual clara crane however around 1903 children near her hometown started going missing and then this is where um that last sentence Ooh. is fact but then everything else becomes legend So children began in the area, told stories of how someone left. uh, So like when a lot of children started going missing in 1903, the police did reports and there was a lot of reports from people and children. And then the reports from children said uh, that they would tell stories of how someone would leave candy on their windowsills at night. Someone said that they had received the candy for a while. And then after a while, the person leaving candy would start writing notes on the wrappers.
1: (gasps) oh fuck me
0: this would Dude. then lead to a child disappearing according to, this, to the stories townspeople and law enforcement became suspicious after after these multiple ch- uh, children went missing and they started to investigate around this time several like physically investigate um, around this time several human teeth rotten human baby teeth were oh. found by a farmer in his fields and the sheriff was fo- and a sheriff later was found dead with forks in his eyes and candy in his pockets. <gasps> Everyone knew then that it was Clara Crane, the candy lady. Ooh, Ooh. spooky. <laughs> so yeah, um, literally uh, all of that is fact, except for like the accounts of children. You know, when I get to like around 1903, the children went here uh, missing in her hometown. That's a fact. And then everything else I couldn't really find, but yeah.
1: Spooky. So yeah,
0: those are my like two little folklore th- tales that I've always want I've wanted to say for like easily eight months, but they're just a little too short to not put together. So I slapped them together. Yay.
1: I lo- see. I get it. Like I love episodes like that or like segments like that because there are, there's a lot like a lot of spooky supernatural segments that are really short, too short to be a segment. Yeah, like a, it's fo- like so so oh I, I, I l- could talk
0: about this for ten minutes and that's it.
1: Yeah, so I love combining short stories into like multiple different segments i love it i yeah. think it's super fun all yeah, right super are, you fun. F- are you ready are you ready to talk about uh, a cannibal
0: yes daddy doo,
1: doo, 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 doo. oh that's tsunami not <laughs> I thought. oh there is a
0: cannibal song right oh there's a kesha cannibal song okay yeah you you
1: were on the same wavelength you knew where i was going oh yeah okay let's drink before i talk about eating people yes let's talk about cannibals yeah y'all i hope you're hungry because we're gonna talk about man flesh my flesh i realize the reason i'm doing this is one i just you know i've spent every ounce of my being every day every hour of my life for the past month and a half on charles manson so i wanted to do something that i've never done before um, and really like fun and kind of fast for this episode. So I chose cannibalism because yes. I have yet to talk about cannibalism. I think I m- maybe have talked about it once or twice. I don't, f- I don't know. I don't remember to be it's, honest. It's never
0: like the focus of a story. Yeah.
1: But this is like a focal point of the serial killer. So today, everybody, for episode 68, I am not talking about Charles Manson and I am yes. talking about Nikolai Titties. <laughs> Smol. Mm. Smolder, AKA, yeah, Nikolai Smolder, aka Metal Fang. Ooh. So Nikolai Metal Fang was born on November fifteenth, nineteen fifty-two, in you know what? I'm just gonna disclaimer here. A lot of like these town, like these cities, and the names are Russian. So like obviously, oh I'm gonna butcher it. So sorry. I'm doing my best. Yeah. Okay. He was born in Yuznagash, Kazka, SSR, (laughs) Soviet Union, to a Kazka father and a Belarusian mother. Yes. He was the third of four children and the only son of the family. So the rest of the kids were sisters. Okay. Now, unlike most serial killers, so if you look at serial killers, which I've talked about before, like the patterns of serial killer, like the basic characteristics of like a serial killer's childhood Usually a serial killer has a pretty unstable childhood. They're usually sexually abused or physically abused at some point or brought up by extremely religious parents or they hurt animals. Like there's usually some like key characteristics of serial killers you can see in children. But this dude is totally different. He grew up just like the rest of us. He was a very normal, stable and happy childhood. He was never abused physically or sexually or mentally. He was not in a psychotically religious family. He didn't want to fuck his mom. He didn't hurt animals. He didn't pee the bed. He didn't hurt his siblings. He was never really bullied. Like oh, just wow. think of just think of your normal what you would view as like a very average normal childhood. And that's what he well, that's what he had. Like nothing at all would ever really point to or lead to a serial killer, a uh, like adulthood. Um, he was completely normal himself. Like, he wasn't, like, a loner. He wasn't um, mean. He wasn't, like, a bully. He wasn't any of, like, the normal characteristics that you see in Circular. He was just a normal kid. Now, when he was a kid, he and one of his friends just got into, like, you know, like, a wrestling match like you do when you're a kid. Um, and he got his two front teeth knocked out. Now, instead of getting dentures made from plastic resin or porcelain... Um, his dentures were actually made from a white metal, um, and they looked like metal fangs, Whoa. thus his nicknamed Metal Fang.
0: He's like a Bond villain.
1: Yeah, no, like 100%. After completing the ninth grade of school, he entered a railway school. Uh, following his graduation, he was assigned to work in uh, some Russian city that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. Now, in 1970, at age 18, he joined the Soviet Army, he served in the chemical defense unit. So, like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, now, when his time in the service was completed, he just began traveling all around the Soviet Union or Russia. He visited, like, the Ural Mountains, Siberia, Murmurmansk, like, all of these places all around Russia that I definitely cannot pronounce all while working as a number of professions he was a sailor he was an electrician he was a construction worker he was a mailman like you kind of name it he worked multiple different professions wow. yeah um and during this time since he was mainly traveling and, vi- and w- living in the wilderness in the mountains he became an excellent hunter like that was his pride and joy was hunting animals like he knew how to hunt his prey he knew how to skin his prey he knew how to you know s- Mutilate his his prey to eat. Like he was an excellent hunter. Like not just some dude from your high school that thinks he can hunt. Like this dude was a great <laughs> hunter. Now, <laughs> I'm from I, I'm from
0: Texas, Jenna. So I not I know a lot of dudes from my high school that think they can hunt. <laughs>
1: I'm from Southern California, and I know a lot of dudes from my high school that think they can hunt. So I oh my fucking god. I believe you, Corey, that you know so many people that think they can hunt.
0: Oh my god! Did they wear those like dark blue denim jeans? Yes. that were tight with the like a uh, button-up. Uh, you know. Button-up, like, checkered uh, yes! shirts. Yes! Oh, my yes! God. And the boots. Oh, my God. I grew
1: up in Newberry Park, California. <laughs> right? The most, like, like middle-class fancy style? place on earth. Right? I was, tw- I was 15 minutes away from a beach, and I experienced
0: that. <gasps> and then yes. they put and they put on a coat, and the coat's always some fucking khaki, like, d- oh. some khaki, <laughs> like, um colored denim version. Like, denim jacket. Like, what the but, or it's like a holy shit it's what's a what's it's called canvas it's like a khaki yeah. canvas yeah. jacket like what the oh fuck my God.
1: we know the exact same people i'm pretty sure we went to the same high school we're you both know talking about taylor Holt right now i
0: know right you know there's like some other there's like some other podcast that's like about hunting and it's like you know those like fucking gays that love rupaul and like drink fucking champagne and <laughs> love lana and del like, rey
1: like one of them loves vanderpump rules we're like what <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god oh my god humans are hilarious
1: <laughs> no Corey, we're hilarious <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes true true <laughs> more correct statement
1: <laughs> and you know what our listeners will still be here because they want to hear the end of my cannibalism talk yeah so. bitch let's go <laughs> all right nikolai was Clean shaven, well dressed, and a very charismatic guy. He loved casual sex with women. Oh, this was yes. like his jam. Who like doesn't love casual
0: was, sex with women?
1: <laughs> you know, not you, Cory, but some people do. He like w- he traveled everywhere, like all around Russia. Um, He was constantly since he was so charismatic and he was a relatively handsome looking guy until he smiled and he saw his metal fucking teeth. Damn. It was really easy for him to pick up girls. It just was like he was highly charismatic. And for me, like the description of him matches or is very similar to Ted Bundy. Like The way he acted towards women and the way he was dressed and he was really well spoken. He was really smart. Like this wasn't some like dumb motherfucker who just killed women for fun. Like, he was intelligent, well-dressed, charismatic. He kind of resembles Ted. He does not look like Ted Benny at all, but he just reminds me of him in that manner. Um, So, in 1977, he returned to his hometown in, you know, whatever the city is called that I can't pronounce, Kazakhstan. That actually sounds right. Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That sounds right.
1: Um, he took a job as a firefighter, and during this time, he was still fucking bitches on the reg, and he contracted both syphilis and trichomite. Oh God, trichom. Trichomite <laughs> pussy. L- yeah, <laughs> trichomite pussy, trichomoniasis. The same exact year. Um, now, as soon as he started getting these illnesses and started seeing some of the symptoms, he like immediately blamed women. And so this is when his shift What? In I love women to I'm going to blame women started happening. So and wait, shocker.
0: He... The straight white male was a yeah. fucking misogynist the entire time.
1: Yeah, big shock <laughs> there, right? So he developed an intense hatred for women and he blamed them for getting him sick. Jesus. However, he never treated his illnesses. And if you look up like syphilis when it goes untreated, specifically syphilis which he had, it can start damaging your organs Oof. and specifically your brain. And so yeah, this went untreated make you go for. Yeah, this went untreated for over two years. So, this is what a lot of people believe is what unleashed the monster metal fang. Ooh. Whether it was really syphilis or if it was something that was already in him, I don't really know. Um, but I do know, like, the untreated syphilis definitely did play a part. And if anything, that did just, you know, give him permission because it, like, altered his brain, it hurt him to become metal fang. Okay, I'm drinking now cuz now I'm talking about murders and cannibalism. So drink. Drink now if you drink. D- if you if you know, unless you're driving, then like don't. But like drink when you get home. But yeah, it's
0: quarantine. You're not driving.
1: You're not driving. It's quarantine, y'all. You're just like kicking it at home, like masturbating all day and listening to this podcast when you can. Yeah.
0: You like said sex earlier and I was like, "That reminds me, I need to masturbate." <laughs>
1: You're like, no did. You add it to your L-
0: calendar. <laughs> Literally.
1: Masturbation though. from 11.15 to 11.45 L- like, p.m. No
0: exaggeration. I was like, hmm, masturbation sounds good tonight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> shut
0: up. Shut up. Privilege. You have a. You have a boyfriend.
1: <laughs> I know. I can go sit on a dick right now. Yeah. If I wanted to, I could be like Jordan. If listen you your dick. Yeah.
0: While you did. While you recorded this podcast.
1: <laughs> I could be sitting on a penis right now. Amazing. God. I love, I'm, I'm living the dream. <laughs> the
0: privilege right now. The Jesus the Christ. fucking
1: privilege I have. <laughs> Jordan just went what in the other room. <laughs> Jordan, I'm sorry. I love you. He said I'm a little rapey. Jordan!
0: (laughs) Valid. Valid claim.
1: Fuck both of you. (laughs) I feel attacked. I'm Brock Turner. I'm the victim. Yeah,
0: you're the victim.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about cannibalism, y'all. Let's do it. In 1979... Wasn't it 1879 when God changed His mind about black people for the Mormon religion?
0: <laughs> no, uh, Jordan will 18... know. Jordan, no, it's what 19, year did God 1978. His mind about black people? nineteen nineteen yes. seventy
1: 1978. seventy eight. Eight. Okay, so one hundred one years people. after black people, yeah. black people, black <laughs> people. So one hundred and one years after God changed His mind about black people for the Mormon religion.
0: No, not hundred. Well, no, because it's nineteen seventy eight that that happened.
1: No, and eight. 1888 is when. Oh wait, 1978 is when God changes my mind. About. Okay. Yeah. One year after God changed his mind about black people, everybody, which was <laughs> only 1979. Thank you, Mormon religion. Thanks,
0: Mormons, for noting that. Oh
1: fast. God, this dude was planning a murder. He Damn. spent all of his all of his time planning out this murder because he had this inkling. And he was like, yo, I really want to kill somebody. So he was just <laughs> planning that shit out because, Why? you know, he's doing well. You could argue that this was because of the syphilis, or you could just say, like, maybe he always wanted to do this. And, like, the yeah. syphilis deteriorating his brain m- allowed him to start, like, really acting on Val- his.
0: Valid point.
1: What he wanted. But regardless, like, he got syphilis. Here we are two years later. So, you know what? Everyone go get an STD screening right now <laughs> so yeah, you can not become syphilis. a serial killer. Yeah. So he was planning out this murder. He's like, okay, like, I'm gonna go sit at this park bench near this riverbank, and I'm just gonna watch women. And when the right woman like walks, uh, like walks by me, I'm gonna know that's her when I see her for the person I'm gonna kill. Oh my kill. god! So he like stood there every single day, stood there with a knife in his pocket, what, like the ready fuck? to go, looking at women, looking at women, looking at women. And finally, he saw his first victim. Now, I just want to let you guys know, side note, like disclaimer. I have searched a dozen articles, and I cannot find any of the victims' names. It might be because there's some, like, law in, like, Russia. I don't know. But I can't find any of the victims' names. So I'm not trying to take anything away from the victim by not referring to him as their name. I just – I literally cannot find their name. So I'm just letting you know now. Mm. So, so you're not like, why isn't Chana saying her name? I literally don't know her name. <laughs> Anyways, um. he saw this girl. He saw this victim. She was walking by him. You know, doing her afternoon run, whatever time of day it was.
0: She's rollerblading through the park, listening to she, fucking ABBA.
1: Yeah. Okay. Probably, to be honest. She's probably <laughs> at least thinking of or an skating. ABBA song. She's
0: skating because rollerblades don't exist yet.
1: <laughs> this girl is me in the 1970s, yeah, roller bitch. skating to ABBA in Russia. And Nikolai saw her and he like immediately knew, like, this is the girl. This is it. So sure. he ran up behind her and he pulled out the knife and as she felt someone running up behind her, as you would you would feel someone was running it behind you, she turned around and looked at him, and he just looked straight into her eyes, darkness covering his eyes, just like Bundy, and he grabbed her and he just dragged her to the side of the road and he and he grabbed the knife from his pocket and he held it up to her
0: oh throat. Oh my god, is this the middle of the day?
1: I don't know if this is like the afternoon. Yeah, actually, this is before nighttime because a bus shows up. I'll get to that in a second. (laughs) <laughs> but this is a secluded area this is not like a park that you and i are imagining this is like a massive park like okay. central park size you know like or, or bigger than central park yeah it's it's huge so there's not a lot of people going like walking by she's it's like, like in the
0: bramble street. that i talked about last episode yeah exactly. and there's like two gays fucking like a mile away yeah
1: yeah exactly so it's like a secluded area like that where it's still like public and people still walk by but it's relatively secluded. Yeah. So anyways, he grabbed her, dragged her to the side of the road, held up a knife to her throat, and then he looked at her and he just slit her throat. <gasps> and then he started stabbing and stabbing and stabbing. And he was getting aroused from this, so he decided to put the- his erect penis into the stab wound what the- and proceeded to rape her through her stab wound. What
0: the fuck?
1: After he was done, he drank her blood, and then he started mutilating her body. Was now, she alive
0: a... while he was f- fucking her stab wound?
1: No, she was one hundred. Oh, because it was the dead. it was a slit
0: in her throat. Yeah, he oh slit her God. throat,
1: which you would die relatively yeah. quick, relatively yeah. fast after you go got unconscious slid. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so she was she was dead. He slit her throat, stab, 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 rape, 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 drank her blood, um, and then. And a police investigation two years later, I have a quote from him about uh. this whole incident. He says, and this is a direct quote from this psycho fuckface path. He says, I always loved to hunt, and often when hunting, but but this was my first time hunting a woman. What the When fuck? I went out on the Yuzanagach-Malbach Trail. <laughs>
0: That's what he said. That's exactly what he pronounced.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm... <laughs>
0: His voice just changes to Channa saying whatever she just said.
1: <laughs> you know that, you know that meme of the fifth harm not the fifth harmony, but like that like that girl in that British pop chip band that's trying to do the Jamaican accent. You know
0: what I'm talking about? No, I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, bitch, wait, show me this. We're pausing this podcast. Okay,
1: hold on. Okay. I'm- no, you're I'll I'll find it. I'll send you the link. Okay, send me
0: the link on Facebook. Oh. Can you hear it? Oh, my <laughs> oh. Yes, I've seen this recently. Yes, it's like nothing. It's nothing.
1: Yes. It's nothing. <laughs> this guy was talking that was the voice that that popped in when he tried to say the fucking area it pops
0: in that differently and be like what the fuck Uh, uh,
1: okay so he went out to that area that we're not going to just say anymore and he saw and quote so this is continuing his quote i saw some young peasant woman she was alone I felt my heart pound within me, and I ran after her.
0: Oh, my God. Hearing my footsteps... Some peasant woman? Yeah. Fuck.
1: He's a piece of shit, in case you didn't gather that already. Hearing my footsteps, she turned around, but I caught up with her and put my arm around her neck and dragged her to the side of the landfill. She resisted, but I cut her throat with a knife. Then I drank her blood. At this point, from the village appeared a factory bus, so I lay down on the ground, and I crouched next to the body, while I was lying there, my hands grew cold. So after the, dro- the after the bus drove past, I warmed my hands on the woman's body. Oh, and I then I s- proceeded to strip her naked. I cut. Okay. Disclaimer. This next part's really gross. I cut the corpse's breast into strips. I removed her ovaries. And then I separated what? the pelvis from the hips. And I put these pieces into a backpack and carried them home. How do I you. Melt
0: a- like, from diagrams that I saw years ago. <laughs> to remove Corey, someone's ovaries. Master. Don't you. <laughs> 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 Listen up, women. This Listen gay man. Up women. Corey this...
1: knows how this works.
0: <laughs> I saw two diagrams a decade ago. Yeah, I know so. Some... <laughs> this gay man's about to school you <laughs> on what where ovaries are. Wait wouldn't it take like wouldn't it wouldn't you have to be literally like elbow deep in someone's vagina to get their ovaries or like forearm you deep? can
1: get there you can get there if he cut through her stomach
0: oh he cut through her stomach he i wasn't thinking stomach, about it, actually cutting through someone's stomach yeah <laughs> so, so my bad my bad
1: <laughs> so get in the mind of a serial killer so he would take a knife take his knife Cut her across the stomach oh my and remove God. her large and small intestines, like Oof. all of her entrails, all the good stuff. Yeah. After and then after he could remove any other like organs that he would that would get in the way, like kidneys and whatnot. He would then see the, the ovaries. So, from there, he removed the ovaries. So, this girl was, like, open. This isn't like he stabbed Damn. her. This is like he stabbed her, he cut her, and he opened her. This is like motherfucking surgery on this girl. Yeah. And he cut out her ovaries. He like, disemboweled speci-
0: her, yeah.
1: Not, like, the uterus. Like, he sliced the ovaries off of the uterus out of her body, put it mm-hmm. in his bag. He put, like, the heart and kidneys in the bag. He Whoa. cut up her thigh, cut up her butt, cut up her boobs, like all these parts of her body, he just cut up, threw in a bag, rolled on home, and then, I'm gonna continue the quote, I melted the fat to fry with, and then some parts of, and some parts I picked. Once I put the parts through a meat grinder, I then made dumplings. I served what? the meat for myself, um, I didn't serve this meat to anyone else, and then twice I grilled parts, the heart and the kidneys, grilled meat too, but it was tough. And I had to cook it for a long time in its own fat. The meat of this woman took me one month to eat. The first time I ate human flesh, I had to force myself, but then I got used to it. What? Now, once this body was discovered a few days later, on January 25th, 1979, um, there was a huge criminal case that was opened, but the investigation did not lead to the killer's capture. Now, over the next seven months, Nikolai murdered and ate six women. He later said that meat off of one woman could last him a whole month. So this is why he killed one month apart for each person. Oh my God. So pretty much he'd kill a girl, eat the meat. But as soon as he'd run out of meat, he would kill again. Now, each of these women, just like the very first victim, were stabbed, raped post-mortem multiple, multiple times, cut up and eaten. Um, some were beheaded while others had their entrails removed and, Each murder case, like each victim was found mutilated. Just totally, yeah. We cannot fathom what these women, what were done to these women's bodies. It was so intense. Um, And whatever meat he got, whatever man flesh he got from these bodies, he would take home to eat. Man flesh. Uh, And he would keep these body parts and all of these muscles and fats and tendons in his fridge. And this is the gross part. Nikolai was. (laughs) Before all of this, he was known as a really good cook to his friends.
0: Oh, God. Um,
1: so he would always have his friends over for dinner parties. That's just the type of person. Like, you know, I love doing dinners and stuff for friends. Like, he would love that shit. So as soon as he started killing people, he would use the meat from his victims in dishes that he, he would serve to friends. So all of these friends would continue going to Nikolai's dinner parties, not realizing that they were eating a curry oh or stew. Oh, my God. Made out of humans, and he had countless of dinner parties. Like this happened all the time. Like imagine a friend's giving. I was like, surprise! Surprise! <laughs> we're not human? vegan. <laughs> yeah, like he he constantly served victims in multiple dishes at dinner parties. Damn. Now on August twenty first that same year, this is nineteen seventy nine. Yes, nineteen seventy nine. On August 21st, while he was drunk as fuck with a fellow firefighter, because you know, he was still fighting fires through all of this, he accidentally shot a fellow fireman oh. for which he was arrested. After he was arrested, he went under a psychiatric evaluation and he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Less than a Whoa. year later, he was released because the police didn't know that he was related to all these murders. They had no reason to know he was. They just thought it was a manslaughter and that he had schizophrenia. So they had no reason to think that he was connected to the to these others murders whatsoever. So he was released. Yay. Nikolai went on to kill three more people.
0: Oh man. The first
1: two were just like the other girls, you know, like killed raped post-mortem multiple times in multiple different stab wounds and areas, cut up, eaten, etc. But the last one was was particularly disturbing. So, are you ready for this? Because this is fucking wild. Yep. (laughs) Nikolai invited some friends over for a dinner party. Oh, God. This was was December. Unbeknownst to them, one of them would not make it (gasps) out alive that night. It was Scarlet in the library yes. with a candlestick. It's exactly like Clue, except it's Russian murderers and this psychopath. So it's nothing like Clue. But Clue is a great movie and a game. So go play it or yeah, watch man. it.
0: Go watch that movie. It's free go on Amazon Prime. Free on Amazon that, Prime.
1: That movie is so good. It's like stupid fun. It's so it's a like fucking so fun. Good.
0: It's so fucking fun.
1: It's so fucking fun. Like, you watch it, and you're like, why can't every movie I watch like, be exactly like this? Like, just be this fun.
0: Like, this good and well done and fun. Like It's just,
1: just the, the Clue movie just reminds me of, like, a really well-executed, like, theatrical performance. Yeah. Almost. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I feel like I'm watching Seriously, a play. Like, it's yeah. so fun. Anyways, going back to Cannibalism. <laughs> Nikolai Like that's
0: our fucking advertisement for Clue, the movie. Yeah, go watch the 1980 something movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tim Curry, that's all you need. Yeah, to know.
0: Tim Curry, fucking do it.
1: So Nikolai invited and friends over for a dinner party. So it's like me being like, "Yo, like Chris, Corey, Tyler, Jake, Kyle, come over for dinner party." Yeah. Everyone rolls up, but like little did they all know, Nikolai had alter- like alternative motives. He wanted to kill some one of them. Now, while everyone was eating, the man flesh dinner
0: man one, flesh. Of his,
1: one of his friends started going to the kitchen to get another drink nikolai stopped him and he was like hey you know what i would not be a good host if i didn't serve my guests so just go sit down and eat at the dinner table and i'm gonna go into the kitchen and get more drinks like what does everybody want so everyone said their drink orders and he was like awesome i'll go make drinks so he went and made the drinks and he brought the drinks back and he's like yay party everyone because continue, continued drinking having a great time And then shortly after that, Nikolai pulled a guest aside into a separate room for a conversation. Oh, no. So note about this note, nothing was unusual about this. Like, they were all really good friends, like a good friend group, just eating dinner and drinking together. Like, they've had, you know, like a million nights similar to this, so nothing was out of the ordinary. This would be as if, let's say, Corey, our friend group was having dinner, and I just pulled you aside to have a private conversation. Like, this was 100% normal, not weird at all. Think of you and your friends. This is just how it is. Yeah, I'd be
0: like, oh, we're just, like, you know, petting Simone and talking.
1: Yeah, 100%. (laughs) That's, like, exactly how it is. However, as soon as Nikolai had the girl in the other room, um, one of the guests got up at the same time to get another drink for the kitchen. Now, as soon as he opened up the fridge, and remember, Nikolai said, let me serve you the drinks. He did everything he could to make sure no one got themselves drinks. So this dude rolled to the kitchen. He opened up the fridge, and he was shooketh because what he saw was a severed head (gasps) of a woman on a serving platter and her entrails and the vegetable drawer. Oh, my God were just staring up at him, her Wait. dead, scared eyes just looking at him.
0: Was she at the party? No. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Nope. Okay.
1: So he screamed. He screamed and the guy he just ran to the dining room. He started yelling at his friends. There's a head in Nikolai's fridge. There's a head in Nikolai's fridge. And the minute he said there's a head in Nikolai's fridge, they heard their friends scream in the <gasps> other room. Where she was with Nikolai, and they're like, Oh my god, so they ran into the other room and they threw open the door and they saw Nikolai standing over her body naked, covered in blood, dismembering her body with his hatchet. And the group started screaming and Nikolai looked looked at them. And the group ran out of the house and they ran to the police. And the police arrived at Nikolai's house. And Nikolai was at this point crouching over this girl's oh my God, body, no. drinking her <gasps> blood. Oh my God. Catch it in hand. And the police were so shocked at what they were viewing that Nikolai actually had a chance to escape because they were so.
0: They like. Shocked. Oh my God. That's so sensational. So what the fuck? <laughs>
1: And a twenty-four-hour manhunt commenced, ending when he was found hiding in his cousin's house. House, and both he and Nikolai—sorry—and both Nikolai and his cousin were arrested that night.
0: Holy fuck!
1: Now Nikolai's trial took a year to happen, but when it finally happened, it was for the murder of seven women. Although Nikolai—this is a side note—he most likely killed between 10 to 50 people we have definitive proof of 10 people but he does claim 50 so just to like let you okay know. but he was charged with seven at the time of this trial now since he had previously been diagnosed with schizophrenia he was declared insane and he was sent instead of jail to a special treatment center in moscow where he spent the next eight years Now, over the next eight years, he was released multiple times because he was, in quotes, cured by the doctors. But immediately, all of these, like, missing women cases would appear in whatever area he was released to. So, obviously, he wasn't actually released. He would be released and immediately start killing and eating women. Every single time after he would be released, he would pretty much end up right back into the mental hospital. Always just women? Uh, It's always just women. Wow! Never, uh, Now this happened over eight years. Now in 1989, he put in a request to transfer to another facility. During this transfer, um, he actually ended, He actually knocked out two guards, um, ran to the mountains, and disappeared for three years, two or three years, um, and he was declared a fugitive. Now, he wandered for a long time around Russia. And according to some reports, he committed a series of murders in Moscow and Kazakhstan. There's actually, like, if you look at some of the unsolved murderers from this time, there are a lot of similarities between his past murders to some of the unsolved murders. So it's very easy to say, like, yeah, while he escaped, he was continuing to kill people. It's not like he escaped and wasn't killing people anymore. Like, he was continuing to kill women and eating them uh, after he escaped now he was reported to be seen around moscow krizkatan and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He,
0: yes i've been there i've been there
1: yeah we've been there <laughs> he he was always hiding in the mountains and this is over the course of two years Um, And while he was hiding the mountains, he would always collect medical plants and he would barter this for food and for materials whenever he wasn't, you know, murdering and and eating people. Wow. With each passing day, um, it became harder and harder for him to hide as the news of his escape and who he was and his past crimes became more mainstream news. So it was no longer this, you know, city in Russia. It was now blasted all throughout Russia. So it was really hard for him to hide because especially with the metal teeth, he had some defining characteristics about him. Um so people could easily say like, "Oh yeah, I just saw this fucker with metal teeth like 3 days ago." So it was getting harder and harder and harder and harder to hide from mainstream media and from the public, etc. So he decided to put investigators on the wrong track by making them believe that he was in a different city. He wanted them to believe that he was actually in the capital. So he wrote a a letter postmarked from Moscow, the capital, to a friend in Bishkek. This letter ended with, in quotes, this is the very last sentence, now I will return soon. There are a lot of beautiful women here. No one will notice their loss. And it worked authorities turned their entire focus to moscow while the media went fucking crazy over it people were panicking people were saying i think i just saw him at the grocery store i saw him at the park i saw him at the preschool i saw him at the mall like you know just how media panic can happen so people were panicking and panicking and panicking and it was getting out of control so the authorities they had to do something so they're like you know what we're going to pretend this, that this letter was a hoax to calm everybody down. So they did. They're like, hey, everybody, just let you know, this is a fucking prank. This isn't real. Meanwhile, <laughs> they were actually okay. investigating the source. So the police, like, straight up lied to the public about this dude and about his whereabouts. Which is important to note in a few minutes. Yeah, surprise, surprise there, right? Eventually, in 1991, Nikolai—this is actually kind of funny— he grew tired of living in the mountains, so he devised a plan. Same. He thought, what if I get arrested for a minor crime and I give them a false name? Then, uh. after I'm in jail for a few months, they will release me, not, re- not realizing that I'm Nikolai, a.k.a. Oh Metal Fang. And I would be released with that new name, a.k.a. a new identity, so, I'll just get arrested under a new identity, get released in the new identity, and then I can live a- as a free man with my new identity.
0: Oh, my which God. Is a gr-
1: which is a great plan, right? Lol, JK. So, he staged a theft, and he was arrested for stealing sheep in Fergana. When arrested, he pretended to be a Chinese man.
0: What And then the he fuck? gave them
1: an obviously fake and probably incredibly racist name. And the police went along with it for a minute because they knew this dude is faking it. They're like, you have a Russian accent, you're white as fuck, you're obviously faking it, we're just going to fuck with you now to see how far we can take this. So they're asking him questions like, tell us about your family, tell us about where you grew up in China, blah, blah, blah. But then they got to the question like, okay, so how did you end up in the Soviet Union? And Nikolai, he obviously did not create a character backstory, which is, you know, a total fail from an actor standpoint. How dare you, Nikolai? Yeah. And he started panicking and he just made up these like craziest stories that did not make sense with anything else that he said. And police were like, okay, like, dude, we obviously know you're not Chinese. Like we just did this all to fucking like catch you in a lie. Who the fuck are you? But Nikolai was like, no, no, I am a Chinese man. What are you talking about? Oh, man. And just continued to refuse to give them his identity. So the police were like, you know what? We just don't have time for this. We're going to go ahead and, re- and request assistance from Moscow. So they did. So they requested for like upper management, essentially. And Colonel Yuri Debyegin, um, who was actually involved um, in the whole Nikolai case from the beginning, He rolled up to Fergana to help these people deal with this imposter. And the second he saw Nikolai, he was like, oh, my God. That's him. This is the guy I have been looking for for years. Oh, my God. This is Metal Fang. So, Nikolai was sent back to the mental hospital. And this was in 1991. So, after his recapture... Hey, I was born. Corey was born. After being recaptured when Corey was born, it seemed that, you know, this was the end of Metal Fang as he was being closely monitored at his new mental facility however in 2015 recent reports began to surface that nikolai had once again escaped from the police and was again on the run even more concerning was the fact that the hospital he was allegedly being held in never confirmed or denied his presence and whether or not he was there Furthermore, police wouldn't confirm whether or not he was there or, or if he escaped and if they were looking, at, looking for him or whether citizens should be concerned. What? To this very day, five years after rumors started speculating that he escaped, no one knows where Metal Fang is. No one will confirm or deny that they know where he is, even though the police do know whether or not he's there or not. They will not dec- confirm or deny a lot of people think it's because the panic and that happened back in the um you know 80s and 90s from when he escaped the last time there a lot of people think they're just trying to avoid that again mm-hmm. they're trying to pretend that he didn't escape but people don't know no one has any idea so some so a lot of reports oh say he did escape some reports say he doesn't escape but the fact is nobody knows where metal fang is to this very day maybe he's in the metal, mental hospital. Maybe or maybe he's walking around Russia right this very second, waiting to pounce on his next.
0: Prep. Oh, my God. If you're a girl and you're in Russia, please do not be alone.
1: And that is the story of Metal Fang.
0: Fuck. That's cool. I like that. That was yes. intense.
1: I love it. Yeah. Anyways, Corey, how's your sex life?
0: Yeah, my sex life has maintained the same that it has been. So we don't need to get into that um still no sex
1: (laughs) we gotta talk about the movies
0: (laughs) let's get to the movies fuck my non-existent sex life that (laughs) is just beyond it's just like at mania at this point it's fine okay yeah so let's quickly go over the end or not before we get to the endless which is our movie of the of the week let's
1: talk about the ritual we'll
0: talk about the ritual that we forgot to talk about which we realized later sorry we were drunk
1: (laughs) oh i was like white girl wastey last episode oh
0: yeah um so yeah the ritual um yeah it, it's a great film i think it's really it's really spooky and dark um it for me it feels a lot like uh the Blair like witch. hereditary and oh, the so witch yeah it feels like like the the end aspects of hereditary thrown into the witch and See, just
1: me- it feels like Hereditary and the Blair Witch and The Witch had like a baby, Ooh, like a trifecta yeah. baby. Yeah. Because it has like it has every element from those three movies. It's 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 a fun one. It's a it's a fun movie.
0: Oh yeah. It's definitely a good movie. And the end definitely delivers and it keeps this good amount of like, hey, this was obviously like a semi indie production and had a budget, but they still deliver yeah. and give you like they give you the monster. The monster's like really incredible. Um, yeah. if, like we're going to go into sort of spoilers because we announced this movie. So spoiler, spoilers, like it is the, uh, son of Loki. It's like this monstrous son of Loki that the, uh, demonic, like, uh, mythological creature ends up being, I forget, I forget its name on the top of my Hot. head, but it's super yeah. disgusting. And if you can look up like concept art, art of it, you can even get a better look of what it's supposed to look like. And it's, it's crazy and just. Like, nightmarish, basically.
1: The one thing that I really loved about this movie that was crazy was, like, right off the bat, you're put into craziness like it's not like a slow build up to wild stuff it's like oh okay like you see these these cute bros drinking at a bar and then boom they're at a supermarket then boom oh, a that friend flashback dies. yeah so it's like it's it's so like intense right off the bat which i really enjoyed when i watched it because it, it didn't it, you never really had a moment of like is everything okay because everything was quickly not okay from oh the very quick beginning.
0: oh yeah yeah when that when yeah when that when that happened that that whole supermarket scene and then there's like there's a little bit of a slow burn after that but you like get yeah. the sense that it's building towards something and you have well, something exactly. horrific that you already can tie yourself to yeah
1: yeah so th- i think they did a really good job with yeah with playing and that monster dread. is
0: great yeah the dread yeah. yeah sorry the dread sorry to over talk yeah my bad that's because yeah, no, we're not re- together.
1: <laughs> it's because we're not together, but they yeah. did a really good job talking, like making you feel that dread because making you be like, oh, like my skip, sca- like my scarediness is already released. And then, okay, now I'm building dread. Oh my God. Again and again and again. So it, w- it was a really good, like build up and release
0: mo- and like, moments. It was, it was super. Well okay. So yeah, it was like, my one point is just like to go back and relook at it and to see the whole, when they, when they're in that cabin, when like that's the first shelter that they find they're like okay we'll be here and that's like the first crazy ass shit that they see when they see the like um effigy um of their god of a god in the cabin and and then to see it later on and like remember oh my god that like is exactly like hereditary Uh, um like that's true like yeah that was so that correlation was so cool to see again after seeing hereditary and being like oh my god Get the fuck away from that. Get the fuck out of the house. Leave. Like, leave the forest if you can. You probably can't because you're already fucked. Like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) We're all fucked. Yeah. And that's why the movie is, like, a perfect, like, love child of Blair Witch and Hereditary for me. Yeah. Because it really had so many elements from Blair Witch and so many elements from Hereditary and made it its own fairly unique film. It's definitely worth the watch. It's on on Netflix. Definitely, yeah. I wish the movie... I wish I had the theater experience the movie because I think True. some of the moments would have been like jaw dropping. Oh if yeah, you were in the theater opposed to just watching on your. phone.
0: Well, especially like there's a lot of darkness in the film, and because we're streaming on Netflix, and especially because we live in the U.S. and like our we can't have like crazy, crazy, crazy high bandwidth. Um, the the dark the the blacks are a little bit gray and like pixelated it, it sort of detracted from the monster when the monster yeah. shows up and stuff
1: yeah so like situations like that like I, I I wish we saw that in theaters because I think if you would see it in theaters it would have a much more like a much bigger impact on you just in scariness level and like on oh my fuck level yeah but it was still a really like to me the movie's worth it it's really like it makes all the difference like the the flashback the supermarket scene Mm -hmm. because that was so like wild to me and i yeah good character development yeah and i felt that to my core because i was like oh my god like i saw those characters and i was like that's me and Corey at a supermarket like just shooting the shit doing our thing and then like boom something crazy happened we're like (laughs) "Ah." yeah exactly and it's like and like you see the character looking at his friend about to be killed and you think to yourself like would I go out and risk my life to save my friend or would, yeah. I, s- or would I sit back? So it really plays with that human emotion. And, and how that would need. haunt
0: you. yeah.
1: And how it would haunt you. And that human need of protecting yourself, but also protecting the people you love. True. So it, it really plays upon that. And that's yes. a really great element in the film that makes you think. Yeah. But especially that moment <laughs> makes, makes me really wish I saw it on theaters because I think it would have had a bigger impact, which is really unfortunate that I just watched it
0: through yeah because like, you're just I don't sucked think in. it was
1: available yeah um maybe I'm sure in
0: like big theaters. cities in some select theaters it was released but maybe it was maybe it wasn't but like uh, maybe it was no,
1: but not here in, in uh Provo or Utah yeah in fuck Fort that <laughs> but I wish I saw in theaters because the theater experience really just like you feel it in your bones when you watch something on the movie. Theater oh
0: yeah screen. you're just so sucked in and forced to only uh, like focus on that um, but it was
1: a fun time though. I liked it. I really enjoyed the film. Agreed. It was much better than I expected it to be.
0: Definite watch so. for for everyone. If you have Netflix already, go watch go watch the Ritual. Um. So yeah, let's move on to our next film, which is the current one this week. Our, oh. we, our movie horror weeks. This is titled The Endless. So um, just to be a little bit more formal, it came out in 2017. Um, It's a science fiction horror film, and it's directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. They also are the two main brothers that star in the film. Um, These directors, uh, they're usually direct uh, as like a dual directorship, I guess you could say. Um, This is their third film that they have directed together. Um, And then their Mm. fourth one, uh, the first two is the retribution i had something like that i can't remember off the top of my head but it's actually the point in the movie where there's the the dude that is helping his friend go through a uh withdrawal from drugs that's actually Whoa. their entire first film that they made did you know that no i didn't oh, Which, oh it was they pop cool in b- oh yeah they pop into the film and that's the entire first film that they pop into a section of
1: Whoa. Yeah.
0: uh Uh-huh. And then um, the second film is called The Spring, which is Lovecraftian as well. As you can tell, The Endless is Lovecraftian a bit. And then their next one that's going to come out is stars the star from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Not the girl, but the guy. Um, Oh, he was also Once Upon a Time. Yes. And then whoever – he's hot as fuck. And then whoever is the new Captain America. I forget his name as well.
1: I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah. then yeah so I forget what the, it's called but they're coming out with a new movie that was came out in came out in 2019 in film festivals but it'll be released in August or September.
1: Those are relatively big although we don't know their yeah. names but we know who we're talking about. Those are pretty big actors. Yeah, for, I'm excited for this new for one that's coming out film. too.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, it's The so Endless. Let's talk Justin about Benson and end. Aaron Moorhead. Let's talk about it. So yeah, you yes. start, Channa.
1: It's a I'll tell you right now. Personally, the description of the film and the trailer of the film—the trailer is much great. <laughs> is much better than the actual film. True, because you really you like when you watch it, you have all these high hopes that it's going to be something spectacular, but it just never fucking gets there. It gets like, it gets close to being like really fun and awesome, but it just never hits that point that you really want it to hit.
0: Yeah, yeah, it never hits this stride. There's always like. Five minutes of, like, oh, I'm really intrigued and interested in what's going on. And there's a whole other ten minutes of just drawn-out scenes, people talking about nothing. Yeah. Sort of offhand acting that's, like, weird and sort of, like, takes you away yeah. from the tone of what's going on. Totally. You're like, is that supposed to be a joke or is that supposed to be, like, you know, is that deadpan or I don't know what's going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I kept on feeling, like, the movie was trying – it felt very similar to – um, like Midsummer and Hereditary, as in the aspects of trying to give us those ho- those like huge holy fuck, like what the fuck is going on uh-huh. moments, but it never really got there. It got like eighty percent there, where you were almost like, oh my god, what's going on? True, but you would never get one hundred percent there. So it's almost like blue balling you the whole film. Yeah, tr- like because it kept on trying to be something more than it was. Like I wish they they looked at it and kind of stripped it down to what the film actually meant and to what their goals were because I feel like they were trying to go over something much bigger than the, the what than what the writing was really leading them to do. Yeah. It, it was fun. It was interesting but I kept on thinking like oh what's the like the next big moment going to be like oh this is this leading up to something huge but it never really got there for me.
0: No I so agree. It, it blue
1: balled me for the whole film where I was like oh okay. I just that's like a, don't feel satisfied from it.
0: And, and that's a good like modern like equation for people who have mostly seen uh, Midsummer is like it's it's these people who go and visit a totally. cult, and yeah. like you don't in Midsummer you don't really realize it's like a uh evil cult underneath with like malicious intent or like at least outward outward looking in malicious intent. So it's it's short it's just nine minutes short of two hours, and yeah, it's sort of like Hereditary where you have these big awesome moments where you're going to be like, holy shit, that was sort of cool and scary and like. Off putting and interesting, and interesting. Yeah. but we're hereditary the entire time that dread is like kept and the intrigue is ch- kept, and there's good, um awesome moments and just beautiful shots and great characters and great acting. Um, I would say the endless sort of falls short about, you know, yeah, 20 to 30% all the time of that, where you're just like, yeah. okay, I'm almost a little bit bored, but I'm just intrigued enough yeah. to keep going. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree. Um so the the two directors who are also the two brothers who are Justin Benson, he's the older brother, um and then oh, Aaron Oh, He's Morehead. so much oh better. My, he's so fucking hot. Like oh my like yeah. Justin Benson and, and, can just fuck me, just throw and, me against the wall and fuck me.
1: And just from <laughs> an acting standpoint like he's so much better than the other guy It's yeah. like shocking where yeah, i'm the like younger i brother, cannot yeah. believe the the younger brother was in it because the younger brother every line he said and everything like immediately <laughs> took me out of the scene because i was like i don't believe you everything he said True. i was like i literally don't care what you said yeah
0: you're like you're wrong um yeah. there. yeah so like i mean and they don't most of their stuff they direct they don't act in but this one they did um, they do an. I do th- I think they do like an okay job. I actually would say for Aaron, the younger brother, who you dislike all the time, I think he's okay. But again, I would say like you're the better call on that because you have been an actor, um, and so yeah, like you're. But that does make
1: me sound way douchier. But no, no, it doesn't
0: make you sound douchier. Like like you've won awards and stuff about that, so like that's I, that's valid.
1: I just believe like. The, the older brother's motivation behind everything he said, I believed more. True. Where the younger brother, I was like, I don't believe it. Like, I understand why you want to stay in this cult, and I understand why you're saying the things you say, but I don't believe it. Like, that doesn't match anything else that I've I've seen or felt in this film. Like, yeah. I just felt like he kind of fell short in like that. You're, where I you're was like, you're saying
0: this because the plot needs to move forward.
1: Exactly. And, yeah. like, I did not care what happened to the younger brother. And like, that's the point. When I realized, True. when the younger brother was like, I just want to stay, I You're was like, like whatever. You're like, then fucking
0: stay, bitch. But yeah, I want this I, older brother to live. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And when I realized agreed. that, I was like, okay. I was like, there's a problem. Because now I only care about one character, not both. When yeah. the whole point of the film was to care about both Is in their relationship. Both
0: in their relationship. Yeah.
1: And I didn't care. I only cared, cared about the older brother. 100% agree. So that's agreed. why I that's why I didn't care about the younger brother or I yeah. didn't like the younger brother because I, I just did not give a fuck about what would happen to him. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, again, like, I mean, we said, like, I guess we've been saying a lot of negative things about this film. It, it's just the fact that it's just like, there's a lot of like cool, cool theory and cool, like, uh, philosophy and aspects of time time travel and love eldritch presence. That's interesting and keeps the film moving but just barely enough. That would be like my final consensus is like it's free on Netflix. And if you like horror, you're going to enjoy watching this, but you have to really like horror or you have to really like, like science fiction horror to be able to watch this. Yeah.
1: And for me, like I, I, I love horror. But especially since I since I'm watching this, and the reason why I really wanted to watch this movie, because well, first, just disclaimer, I totally forgot about watching this movie until today at work, and I was like, oh my god, I have to watch this. And uh, Cor and I were talking about it, and I decided to watch the whole movie because it had to do with cults and like the UFO cult. Yeah. And I just finished talking about Heaven's Gate. Like yeah, yeah, ago. this is very
0: Heaven's Gate. Yeah.
1: And there's so many moments in this film where I was like, okay they got direct inspiration from heaven's gate definitely so as like, yeah, like, yeah, like, exactly. yeah, yeah, like yeah the videotapes and stuff like that. yeah exactly as like a true crime lover like i highly recommend watching this movie like there's there's a lot of moments where you're going to be kind of bored to disagree with but it's really interesting to see how similar it is to heaven's gate and how you think like okay this is what heaven's gate thought they were <laughs> like this is it definitely. was so interesting and there are so many elements of the movie like we're watching a cult Where after learning about so many cults, I can check off and be like, oh, my God, like this subtlety they held over there, this character, this perfectly shows you what a cult would be like. True. The the greatest example, actually, my favorite part of the whole movie, I have to say, is when the obvious cult leader said to the older brother, I'm not the leader. Like, you just look at me as a leader because I talk the most.
0: (gasps) Yes. Oh, my God. When I heard that, I was like. Okay, these guys like like while they're this this movie has problems, these these yeah. guys know how to make a film cuz I was yeah. thinking that and it was yeah exactly. agreed agreed. Like
1: that that is like that is the scene that is the scene why it's worthy to watch the whole movie is yeah. for that scene. Yeah. Because that scene, the way the guy was talking and the language they chose and the way he – And he
0: very nonchalantly chuckles and says that. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Like, the way he said that whole – the entire monologue, I was like, oh, my God. This is a cult leader. Yeah. This is it. Like, uh-huh. this is Heaven's Gate. This is Jim Jones. This is Charles Manson. This is Apple. This is every single person I've talked about, every single person you've ever read about – this is the perfect example of what a cult leader exactly. Is. And so for yeah. me, like that scene made it worth watching the movie because I have never seen a, a scene really like that before. Where I was like, this is, it is real. very
0: nuanced and very yeah. real. Yeah.
1: It was like so spot on. So watch it for that scene because it was so fun for me to watch as a true crime buff. Because I was like,
0: ooh, you're like, so ooh, good. that was good. No, I agreed. Yeah, that's very spot on. Um, weirdly, if you like, also notice if you like are attracted to people who mostly identify as male most of the men in this film are just like are extremely fuckable totally
1: 100 <laughs> like fuckable. the
0: brothers are fuckable the older brother is 100 my husband fuckable. like my husband yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like that's my kink is fucking justin benson um and then like the the cult leader is very beautiful as well you know he um, reminded
1: me of he looks like the guy from lost like uh The 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 physicist and oh uh oh
0: my god Daniel Therday yes yeah 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 I I can see the resemblance I can see the resemblance yeah 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 (laughs) I agree I looked it up and I was like but literally the whole time I was like if I am watching this scene for any reason it is at least because I would fuck one of these four guys the fourth guy being the like weird dude who does the magic magic tricks he's not oh, super yeah. attractive but i was like okay he's at least like weirdly fuckable as well like it was just so <laughs> weird that he's like these four main guys that are very fuckable <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the film but yeah
1: it was a it was a fun movie it's, it's like a fun not, movie it's not, it's not the best it's it's literally worth it just uh for me like from like a true crime standpoint it's worth it just to understand like a mindset of a cult and like yeah. how cults happen yeah so that that so it was a super fun movie choice for for the you for the followers on Instagram to choose because we just talked about
0: cults. Exactly. And so I'd say I, if I you really also oh sorry. I'd say if you also enjoy Lovecraftian elements to films, which there are like there's a good amount of films that have Lovecraftian elements, but there's not a ton. So I find myself looking for films that have Lovecraftian elements. Um I would say if you're if you feel the same way that I just described, then this film is definitely worth it as well. That's the endless, yeah. That was like I like the movie. I like it. We maybe said like a little bit too much negative things, but I still think it's a movie worth watching. It's free on Netflix. It is. It, yeah, and if you like the things that Chan and I reference, then definitely watch that film.
1: Yeah, if if you like cults and you love Lovecraftian shit, like watch it. Watch that. I'm just like it's not gonna be the the best movie you'll ever watch. True. In your whole life. But it's it's it was worth it. Like I don't regret watching it by any means.
0: Definitely. So. Yeah.
1: And they, the, the dudes are hot. Let's just face it. The dudes They're are really hot. hot.
0: All of the dudes are hot. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Other than that, I haven't done much. Do you have anything else to say or mention? What
1: movie? What movie are we going to watch this next week?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually thought about what? that while I was peeing and then I forgot to mention it. Y'all, you're breaking up.
1: While you look at that, I will tell you about my sex life. It's been great. Yes. You know, we fucking, we making <sighs> out, we Sorry. cuddling. Jordan and I just be, you know, being as cute as we normally are. Jordan got a badass new tattoo, y'all. It is yeah. fucking rad. It's a snake with like a bunch of leaves on his right arm. I'll post it on Instagram. It's fucking rad. Like if you see it in real life, you're like, fuck, I want a snake tattoo. Uh, other announcement is my mom, the greatest human being on earth other than Corey, will be here well, this Well, your mom is greater. She's greater than Corey, yes, but don't worry, Corey. You're number two, but she'll I'm number be two. here. It's okay. She'll be here on Saturday. She'll be here for the next week and a half, so she'll pop in and say hi during the next episode. But you guys have heard us talk about her. She is literally exactly like me, but better in every single way. Like she's the greatest person ever. So just get ready. You'll hear from her soon. So I'm super pumped. She'll be here. I miss her. Like I haven't seen her since October. So I'm so excited to see my mom it's i'm like giddy i'm so excited i have a whole list of things i want to like do with her like i'm like oh i want to watch this movie and do this thing with her and i'm pumped i love my mom that's all anyways what movie Corey, are we going to watch
0: okay so the movie that we're watching that we will talk about on the podcast that's released next friday um <laughs> is Candyman. Yeah, I so Candy Man Candyman is a n- early ni- early to like m- early mid '90s gem um, that came out. It is very intense. It's very good. It's a, it's it's moderately to extremely scary. <laughs> not extremely. It's moderate to very scary. Um, it's very good because it has a lot of um, racial and social and like uh like class hierarchical commentary. And it's just a good watch, and it's very scary. It's free on Netflix. Go watch it. That is the movie that we are watching uh, for next week, Candyman.
1: Corey, you missed the most important part. So what? in our poll on Instagram today, our Instagram is sub podcast. 69% of the voters voted for Candyman.
0: Oh, well, it was. I couldn't percent. see that. I couldn't see that because I went to our actual thing. I didn't know how to so, look at that.
1: 69% voted for Candyman. Ella yes. Ma, 31% voted for Apostle, which is what I voted for, but it's fine, whatever.
0: Oh, I also voted for Apostle. That's pretty funny.
1: That's cute. It's okay. Well, I think it's because we've talked about Candyman a few times in the podcast. Yes, yeah. But Apostle yeah. we never have, so I was like, ooh, that's new. But, okay, Candyman, y'all, you have one week to watch it, and we'll talk yes. about it next week.
0: Okay, so uh, are we pretty done? Are we pretty good?
1: I think we're pretty good. Our So I I, we'll just leave it at our biggest question to our slutty listeners. Anyways. House. Your sex. Life. Bye guys. Bye. See you next week.